How are we doing, guys? My guest today is going to be Ben Cavett. Ben is a freestyle mogul skier for Team France. He's a two-time Olympian. He's got 22 World Cup podiums, two wins, and multiple World Championships medals. In this episode, we go through and discuss Ben's career so far, what got him into skiing and winter sports, and we talk about what continues to drive him each and every day to get better and be the best that he can be. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks. There you go. Oh, it's asking me if I'm all good. Let's go for it. Perfect. Ben, thank you so much for taking the time, man. I really do appreciate you uh, coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have a good chat. Yeah, it's good. I know uh, as we were touching before you uh, came on, before we did this live, you're getting some good, uh, some good kind of fitness training and stuff in right now before you kind of head to water ramps and then kind of uh, on, on to fall training, right? Yeah, you know, so uh, September, end of end of August, beginning of September is always, you know, it's an, it's a, it's an exciting time because you, you, you've done a lot of fitness training, so you're feeling pretty, pretty good, pretty fresh, ready to go. Um, and it's been a while since I haven't skied, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I hope to get some good uh, full training this year. And is it, is it more exciting kind of knowing that you're, you're building up and you're going into another uh, Olympic year kind of coming up? Yeah, I guess, you know, the Olympics, um, and obviously because the uh, Summer Olympics were pushed back a year, you know, I was watching a lot of them. Uh, and, you know, when you're, when you're watching the Summer Olympics, obviously you're thinking about the, uh, the Winter Olympics coming up. So that was getting me pretty hyped. Um, but I guess mostly it's uh, looking at the calendar and seeing so many World Cups on. Um, that's always been just a dream of mine to have a, just like a, a crazy, wild, long season in World Cup. Um, you know, because... It's just crazy, you know, our sport, we do so much training. It's just such a long period of training for, for such a short period of competition. Right. So, you know, the more the more comps we can get, the happier I am, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's rare in sports to have, you know, eight months of training for, for only four, four months of competition, three months of competition. So. And those runs are so, so short as well. You know, it's like all that training for 30 seconds. At a long course, right? Deer Valley, even even shorter than that, right? Exactly, 25 yeah. Seconds. <laughs> 25 seconds in it, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's pretty short, pretty intense. Now, um, one of the things I was just kind of curious about, how did you kind of find your way into more? I mean, did you always grow up as a skier? I mean, I know you moved to France when you are about 10, 11, but was skiing kind of always part of growing up for you? Yeah, I guess um, um, sport has always been a part of my life. Um, skiing, my, my dad, for the story, my dad is a ski instructor. Okay. So uh, that's that's how I began, began to ski. Um, so I guess, like, we'd, we'd go on skiing on family holidays. Um, and my dad used to be a ski instructor, but, you know, on, on those plastic slopes mm -hmm. in Great Britain. Um, and it's just crazy, you know, for, for a country that doesn't have any snow and mountains, England is just, you know, so in love with skiing. So, um, so yeah, so I didn't, you know, um, I didn't really, you know, know what mogul skiing was when I was living in the UK. I was, I was playing football and cricket, you know, pure, pure British sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and then cause, cause my dad was working as a ski instructor in France, the whole family moved over. And that's, it's at that time when I was 10, as you said, that I started mogul skiing. And, and so, what kind of, what kind of was it about, about getting into the, the bumps was, I mean, that, that kind of sparked sparked your interest yeah so um i i guess it was the jumps at first mm -hmm. you know i uh, really liked watching the jumps um i got into trampolining at the same time when i arrived in france 
So at first it was the jumps that brought me to it. And then it was the skiing that made me stick to it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember just, you know, even now I remember as a kid just seeing the good mogul skiers coming down. You just saw the knees pumping up and down. Um, and that was just, you know, a magical sight for me when I was young. Uh, and I wanted to do the same. So. But it's, it's always been this thing with, um, with sport. You know, when I used to play football, I wanted to be a professional footballer. When I played cricket, the same thing. Um, it's just the coolest thing, you know, you're, you're having so much fun on your skis or doing whatever sport you do. And, and you're just like, well, you know, if I, if I can become professional, if I can continue doing this, this is, you know, it's going to be the best life ever. So mm -hmm. that's always how I've seen sport. And so going through like kind of what were those first like breakthrough moments for you in the kind of training and, and through the buildup that you realized like, okay, I can actually, you know, I want to be a professional, but this is giving me the confidence like okay i'm actually getting better i'm seeing that improvement and and i'm making my way yeah. to, to the next step um uh so when i was a kid uh at Chantel club we we went to see the 2016 uh, 2006 olympics in turin okay um and i've never i didn't i don't really have like an olympic memory of watching the tv but seeing it in real life uh, you know, night event in Turin um, and just, you know, getting shivers and, you know, being all dreamy when you're watching the event. And then that evening, you know, the coach says, oh, well, you know, hopefully, hopefully you guys will be there one day. And so I guess, I guess that's where like the Olympic dream was born. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of sparked it for you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So kind of moving forward past that i mean you end up being junior world champion you kind of make your your ways and your steps up and uh you know last season you had a great year and kind of a challenging year because i mean you go through you have covid you you know i mean the the as you talked about earlier you know you want a really long world cup season i mean the world cup season last year was butchered apart and it was essentially like four events you know so i mean that was yeah, the shortest yeah. world cup season you could think of exactly exactly that's what i was saying i'm um, um, so yeah so to come maybe back so i got into world cup when i was um pretty young 17 uh 2012 and the season before 2011 i'd done some really good runs i was starting to get really good um but then it, it took me a little while to uh to put my good runs down in world cup just because you know the environment was different and it just um so obviously you know i'd, I'd have loved to perform straight away Right. on world cup but it's just sent me on this journey of like trying to figure out my mental game and um it's just sent me on this journey of self-improvement so um and that's something that i'm really passionate about so that's why i like having talks like like tonight um and i think you know i'm, I'm on to something really good at the moment and i think that last year you know as you said it, it was such a short season but when i did compete i felt really good you know i had like all these good sensations that you want to have when you're in a competition, you know, just like better runs in the competition than training, you know, super focused in, laser focus. And because um, the season was so short, I, I didn't think I had, you know, enough time to fully show off what, what I'm capable of now. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to next season, yeah. Yeah, and you've, I mean, the, the amazing thing in watching your career, I mean, you're such a, a dynamic skier and such a great jumper and, and there, there was kind of this big buildup. I think it was like 2016, I want to say, World Championships was kind of, you know, you skied really well there in, in Spain. 
And then you yeah. kind of set the tone. I think you had a couple top threes in the world. And then it was almost like a little bit of, yeah. a, of a disappointing, like it was kind of felt like, wow, okay, Kvet's ready. You know, he's coming out. This is his coming out party. Like he's just building, building, building. And then there was like a little bit of like a, a almost like a step back, you know, like you, and, and I feel like that's part of the growth as an athlete though. You kind of need to have those setbacks and some of those, you know, I mean, you still finished sixth in the world. <laughs> But yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. like, you know, it was just like, okay, you know, it wasn't like you were awful or anything, but you know, like yeah. you know, six in the world is pretty damn good. I'd take that, but still, you know, you <laughs> yeah. see this kind of path going, but I feel like that, that kind of helps you in the long run in, in kind of, as you're yeah. saying, working out that mental game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, as you said, that's, that's something that's really interesting because, you know, like one, like in 2014, I had a breakthrough year or a breakthrough competition at the Olympics. But then the World Cup just after that, I messed them up. And then, as you said, you know, I had a really good season 2007, 2016, 2017, but I still managed to mess up my 2018 season. Um, so it's just, it just goes to prove that it never gets easy. You know, because you, you often, when you're a young athlete, you often, you often fantasize and you're like, oh, you know, you know at the moment I'm struggling to, uh, to get into the final. But when I'll, be, when I'll be getting finals all the time, it will, you know, it'll be, it'll be easy. And I'll be happy then, you know. Yeah. Um, but then you just realize that, oh, once you've got into the final all the time, but then you just hit with new challenges all the time, you know. Because mm. um, then it's not finals that you have to get all the time. It's top tens and then it's top, you know, it's the, the super finals. Um, and, you know, um, to not be progressing, you know, to just stay at the same level, it's it's almost going backwards, you know, because um, all the other guys are getting so much better, you know. Um, you look at the runs from... That we're, that we're getting wins and, and podiums in, in 2012, 2014. Well, you know, now the runs are, are so much better. So, so you, even if you're, you have one season top three in the world, you still got to push and, and get better. And, and sometimes, you know, you push a bit too hard. And I think that's what happened to me in, uh, for that 2018 season. So, mm -hmm. so I'm looking forward to having a good Olympic season as well. Yeah. And, and how much has the, those kind of experiences kind of helped build into it i mean you've been to a couple olympics you've had one where no one really expected you to you know it's kind of as you said like you're coming out yeah, party, yeah, like yeah. really good result and then you had one where maybe you had a little bit more expectations on yourself like i've been here before now it's time like you know i'm, I'm expecting to perform well here a little bit of a setback and i mean the the shitty thing about the olympics and the great thing is that it's once every four years and when you're doing a 25 yeah. second run I mean, that's a lot of training that goes into this big peak and expectations and everything else. Yeah, um, I guess one thing that, so um, one thing that helps me is um, I'm, I'm not, I don't train just specifically for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I train because I like doing it. So, you know, that's, that's because as I said, I don't, you know, in motor skiing, I find, you know, because I was saying it's, it's eight months of training without a single competition. So if your only objective is to, to do well in competition and you're only, the only thing that you like doing is winning, I just find it, it must be hard because it's a long time to go without competition. Right. Um, so yeah, just, um, I'm just enjoying my training at the moment. Um, staying pretty, pretty calm. Um, not, not, not change, you know, just, just staying pretty focused on my training without thinking about the Olympics too much. Right. Um, and then, yeah, um, like this season, you know, we didn't have many uh, competitions, but we still had the world champs. Mm -hmm. And then we had, uh, 
I was I was playing for the Globe until the end of the season, and you know, unfortunately, that the last race didn't happen. But I still like lived through those times of like you know uh, lots of pressure, you know, because we were still heading into the last events with with the possibility to win a Globe and and the World Champs, you know, which were one day event similar to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's, you just learn a lot. You just see your body going through the pressure, lots of stress, and you just see how you react, and and uh, that helps to prepare for for the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of mental game you've kind of you you've been talking about that you've really been working on, and, and that you kind of appreciate. Like, what what are those things that kind of help you stay focused uh, in the summer training in those eight months? And and I know clearly there's a passion and enjoyment because. There has to be, or else you wouldn't you wouldn't be doing yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I would say, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about recently. Is um, you, 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 even now, like I've been doing this for so long, but you, you, you still need to stay connected to your your reason. I'd call it, you know, your why. Why do you, you know, why do you ski moguls? Why do you compete? Mm-hmm. And um, when I was growing up as a kid, you know, as I said, I, I'm just, I just say that I'm a, I'm a dreamer, right? And um, so I need just continue to tap into that energy mm-hmm. so like when i was a kid i used to used to watch a lot of videos and you know dream about when i was when i'd be in world cup you know under the lights you know dream about that moment when you're up at the start gate ready to drop in mm-hmm. and as i said i i never dreamt about winning an olympic medal right but what i dreamt about was uh being in the start gate and just uh, you know feeling like that you know feeling those sensations and feeling that you know just feeling strong feeling like you're ready to put on a show mm-hmm. um and so yeah i just need to i need to stay uh i need to stay connected to that right and then uh one thing that helps me for competition is just just being as calm as possible and and staying away from just being overstimulated mm-hmm. so i'll cut out lots of distractions the week of competition and basically in in my whole life you know i'm just I just find it easier to to just if you know if I'm watching a film, then I'm just trying to stay focused 100% on the film, or or just just give myself um, uh, to 100% of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, instead of getting distracted by things, so yeah, just cutting out, doing a bit of, you know, being a bit calm. Um, even like sometimes I did a really good run once in uh in Ruka in the 2019 season, and just the night before I was just um I was just like cleaning up my apartment. You know, just doing boring stuff it's 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 good to be bored sometimes you know because yeah. it it just saves up some of that energy you know mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like i mean it's such a it's such an interesting thing the mental game and in, in most sports you know it's what the most important thing and especially that confidence as it builds you know i always say as a coach yeah. like confidence is the hardest thing to gain and the easiest thing to lose when you yeah, got yeah, yeah. it i mean you were just going and no one's stopping your momentum but like you lose it and then you're like, okay, you're trying to second guess. Well, okay, well, what was I doing before? How did I warm up this way? Is that yeah, the right yeah. way? Like, this is kind of that mm. same feeling. And it's just, it, it is one of those things that once you got it and once you're in that mode, it, everything just clicks and, and seems to make sense. But it, it, it's difficult mm. to kind of find, find that uh, path. But being bored is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Well, it's just to save, you know, just to yeah. save some energy, you know. Sure. Um, you know, not getting too hyped up the day before, mm-hmm. uh, the night before, because you know you just you just need to save that energy and 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 all that energy you need to put it into your run. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's interesting what you're saying because uh, sometimes you know 
when the confidence is there and when you're doing well, it just seems like it's the easiest thing in the world. You know, you just you're just turning up, you're skiing, you're skiing well. But once you lose it, you're like, oh, you know, and it just seems so complicated sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, so but it, it is complicated because obviously you're trying to do something that's pretty hard, you know, trying to be the best in the world at something. So mm-hmm. and there's so a lot it's of it's gonna be pretty complicated. There's a lot of different things that that go on in there. Uh, yeah. upstairs and on the course you never know what the course is going to do each and mm-hmm. each and every different day and how much that that kind of changes and bumps and jumps and bumps and jumps there's a there's a lot going yeah. on there in 25 seconds yeah for sure um did i hear in a podcast that you you're studying psychology i actually just got uh just finished the degree that's why i've had had a little bit of a awesome. break this summer because i was finishing it up but I've, yeah. yeah i finally got that done so that's happy to that's have awesome. that and yeah no it's it's really helped a lot in with coaching and that's kind of why i got into yeah. it because it was something that that really interested me and in kind of sports psych and, and going so it is for sports psych orientated that i mean that's we'll see if i end up deciding to go back for a phd right now i just have yeah. the, the undergrad on it and um we'll see Ho- hopefully uh if i want to spend the time and and figure out and dissect a little yeah. bit more i might, might continue to sure. go down that path but yeah no it's yeah. been it's been super interesting and it's part of the reason why uh you know i started this podcast is i just want to pick and you know everyone's minds on you know what kind of yeah. what drives them like what is it that that drives ben Cavett to to be the best that he can each and every day and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's super super interesting to learn about yeah so yeah just two things that have uh have come to mind you know uh talking about when when you're you know, you're confident and things seem easy. And, and then if you lose it, sometimes you can just overthink it. Um, it just brings something to mind, like something, I've got this new sports psych who is, um, he's also a golf coach. And uh, so we're talking about the routine, you know, the routine because they have it a lot in golf, you know, before hitting the ball, they'll always do the same stuff, right? And I've always seen a routine as something that you had to do, but not something that you could, you know, overdo. You know, you couldn't like go over it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting examples, like if a golfer, he's playing well on the, on the first nine holes, then he's like, oh, wow, I'm doing well here. I, you know, I need to stay first. Mm-hmm. So he wants to do even, you know, he wants to do even better. So his routine, instead of taking him five seconds, like it normally does, where he starts to, well, when I'm, I'm going to check this, I'm going to check this an extra time. And so it starts, you know, lasting 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it is something that you can overthink and overdo. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that was an interesting one for me this season. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it all, all t- it came together at the end of the year. I mean, you finished the season, obviously skied really well in, uh, in Kazakhstan yeah. there. It was, uh, it was exciting to, sk- to see. Now, yeah. where did some of that, because I feel like everyone that's in the world of mogul skiing or skiing in general has a, fir- a certain style that, that they kind of pick and choose and they see you know everyone's got their own flair to it and that's what i love about the sport and i know like for me growing up uh skiing i'm always like a little i'm a little bit taller for a bump skier i'm about six foot which yeah so i was i always loved like jean luke's like range and like super mm. dynamic a little bit of dale in there you'd have Jan. i mean you always there's a few different people you kind of pull and choose from i always loved gibo uh cola yeah. at the end there i mean his his run at deer valley was just I loved his skiing at the end. So I was just curious mm. for you, like who are those people? Because you have such a unique, uh, great turn and great style. I mean, everything's uh, attacking and aggressive. So I'm just kind of curious who are kind of some of those influences. Yeah, well, I'd say um, uh, it'd definitely be 
you know, Gilbo was obviously because he's French. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it always tends to be, um, you know, if, if the best skier from a country is skiing a certain way, then, then the whole country's technique will be pushed a bit in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, he, he was a, a big influence. Um, and then I'd say, you know, um, I'd say some Dale. Dale. Some Dale for sure. Um, I'd love to have Dale a bit more in my slowing down. Um, you know, like sort of, um, sort of, uh, you know, that Calgary 2010 run. Sure. Where he's coming down to the wall and he just really clamps down on some turns. Mm-hmm. Just going a bit higher up, getting away from all the trough. Yep. Um, I'd love to have a bit more of that in my skiing even now. Um, I'd love to see, I'd love to have some more bit of diamond landings. Mm-hmm. so i had mixed mixed uh mixed influences and so was gibo like one of the first ones for you as you watching competitions you know over there like because you talked about the olympics and kind of not any particular person but kind of after that as you're getting into the sport is that with dale him that you kind of really looked up to and like okay like yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so because they were obviously um just you know just the, the generation before me Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got more into the sport, I, I you know, I found people like, uh, Jean-Luc Bassard. Mm-hmm. Jean-Luc Bassard is amazing because, you know, it was, it was a different time, but everything, you know, everything that he was doing and everything that he was saying in certain videos is so relevant still now. Mm-hmm. You know, these principles of, of, uh, you know, keeping the back straight and just, you know, keeping that angle straight because Gilbert had lots of, he had extension in his skiing mm-hmm. yep. and almost the extension, like, why are you doing it? Why are you doing? Why do you want to? You know, because if you've got enough speed, you can you can create the loss of uh, contact mm-hmm. uh, by just placing it through the turns. You don't need to get all this. Yeah. And if cause if you're coming back to the point of in, uh, at the point of impact to a more forward position, just because you want to tip over, right? Um, it's just like that is you know why are you doing that? And maybe maybe that hurt his back a little bit, mm-hmm. just overexertion of the of the back muscles. Sure. Um, so yeah, just, just different things technically, which are, which are interesting. Yeah. And no, it's, it's always interesting to, to go back and you know, like, I'm a total mogul nerd. And the fact that I know I was talking with yeah, Nick so, about it, that I got to like, yeah. you know, we'll have to do, we'll have to break out all the VHS I got downstairs. Cause I got a, I got a bunch of yeah, World sure. cups and everything else. It's pretty, pretty fun. And they were also skiing like, you know, 195s back in the day. So it's interesting how yeah, they're able sure. to, sure. to, you know, create that dynamic, uh, dynamic skiing and, and everything else. So it's yeah. fun, fun to watch. And it's fun to see how much the sports kind of changed and, uh, continues to be exciting and, and dynamic and, and the skiing, um, you know, the people that do it really well, um, at the top level, it, it is extremely, it's still very dynamic as the, mm-hmm bumps and everything has kind of changed but um yeah and i think people who do it well it's also very it's a very efficient movement um because I, I you know you tell people that you're a mogul skier and they say oh, how are you back and how are your knees you know of course that's that's, you know, that's like every every single person will ask ask those questions right <laughs> and I, I just i just love those questions because i love to you know say no um you know my back and my knees are fine um because if you're in, you know, if, if, if everything goes to plan <clears throat> from the start to the bottom of the run, you're in like a pretty good position. Sure. You know, biomechanics, you know, you've got a straight back. It's pretty, you know, in line. We've got some good symmetry. You know, you don't have one side of your body, body being bigger than the other. Right. Like in lots of, you know, track sports, um, like, you know, speed skating, 
they're always going around one way. Right. So you know you get your your right side of your body right side, stronger yes. than your left. Mm-hmm. So you know you get muscle, you know, sore pain like that. Um, once I was speaking to um to a ping pong player, mm-hmm. and so she she was saying, oh, you know, how's she back? And everything. I was like, it's all right. And she had you know herniated discs because you know also they're doing 350 days a year they're mm-hmm. playing ping pong you know yeah days in the year that we're hitting moguls 100 percent is about 80 right so you know we're, we're saved from all these over you know overuse injuries mm-hmm. just repetitive stress mm-hmm. so definitely that's, yeah that's something i find interesting as well yeah, definitely an interesting, you know, and, and the interesting thing as well is that volumes kind of, I feel like it's gone up more than, than it used to be, yeah. at least here in the state, like you would, at least when I, you know, in the middle of my career, be like, okay, you're done as season's over after nationals. And then it's like, okay, maybe you go to Whistler or you go to hood in like July for like a couple of weeks and then you don't do anything at least when I was younger until like selections, you'd show up and yeah, then it became, yeah, okay, yeah. now you have fall training. Now you have Australia, if you can go in the summer. Now you have all these different. So the volume came like more and more and more, which I think creates an, I mean, it makes it a little bit interesting because one of the things that I think can be difficult as we touched on earlier is like the, I think you need some sort of mental break. You need a little bit to, to not be thinking about you know not only the physical break of you only have so many bumps in you before something's gonna go wrong yeah, and yeah, yeah. you need a little bit of that mental break i think as well because you know burnout can can definitely happen and and to be able to have that that break to just go live life and hang out with friends and oh, for sure yeah to, to, you know to not be a mogul skier or not be a pro athlete for sometimes mm-hmm. it's just you know so good isn't it mm-hmm. um and yeah that's you know so important i don't i don't feel like i'm ever tired physically Mm-hmm. i never get like that sore or whatever it's just uh sometimes i just get roasted mentally you know mm-hmm. just, just completely zonked um yeah. and you know some races you, you can still ski good when you've got sore legs mm-hmm. but if you're just fried mentally you just you know can't concentrate can't get any any energy going so you have to protect that energy a lot mm-hmm. and it's, uh, yeah but um it's hard to you know it's something that i struggle with resting mm-hmm. but i think you know everyone needs to find their their way of resting you know is it is it just doing absolutely nothing or is it just being active but doing something completely different mm-hmm. you know because if, if you you know you go and play another sport and you know you spend the day without thinking once about mobile skiing but you're doing another sport you're still resting your mind and and your body because it's coming completely different so yeah just finding what works for you with that i'd say yeah so what are the, what are the, some of those things that you like to do when you're not uh thinking about mogul skiing what what helps you um, uh, I've, I've, I've got into i've got into golf recently okay yeah yeah i've been having fun with that and um so it's just it's just awesome because it's you know it's an outdoor sport mm-hmm. very addictive sport you know <laughs> oh, and yeah. i'd say that that's um that's something that that's probably uh, i would say that that's the only thing that makes me good it's just that i'm i've just got very addictive behavior <laughs> you know like i go and play golf and i'm like oh you know just super addicted to it and the same with skiing and everything so um so yeah going to going to golf and it, it's been awesome as well to to be a beginner again mm-hmm. to be a beginner at something because okay. you realize that you know the thing i'm just learning to learn again because mm-hmm. after a while you know you, you've been skiing for so long and you, you have all these like out you know just um things that get in the way like you know you, you, you you're on your skis and you're like oh, well, I'm, I'm ranked this in the world. You know, I should be doing this. 
what are my rivals doing? You know, I should be doing this. Um, I've been doing this trick for 10 years and you still can't land it properly. You know, <laughs> you just all these, you know, thoughts. Yeah, Whereas yeah. when you're a beginner, you just have no expectations. You just go and you do your shots. And even mm -hmm. if you're playing bad shots, you're just still playing golf. So it's mm -hmm. some, some stuff to, to bring, bring it to skiing. You should always, always be a beginner when you're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. That's a good, that's a good piece of uh, advice for those, uh, yeah. for those out there. Now, yeah. what, what in your daily, like what kind of helps you stay focused and kind of to when you're going into, whether it's a fitness camp, like you're kind of doing now, I mean, what helps you kind of prioritize and take care of um, what you need to each and every day or every week. So you're kind of uh, on, on top of your game, at least where, where you want to be. Um, so I'd say, um, I just, I, I just like getting better. So mm -hmm. if, if, um, and that's, that's, so if I can, you know, wake up and, and get better at something, um, that, that will be just, it'll just feel healthy for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I'll, I'll be able to just chill out in the evening and, and, and get some good rest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I'd say that's, that's important for me. Um, just trying to learn something, get better at something during the day. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then I'll be a happy man in the evening. So, so, yeah. and what are some of those like main habits that you would say you've kind of built over the years to, to kind of create the success that, that you've had so far? Um, I'd say, so the, the best, the best thing has been, uh, just this calmness and, and, uh, and mindfulness, you know, even like meditation sort of thing, you know, just okay. being kind of, kind of a bit of stimulation, just overstimulation where you just, you know, you're like, oh, you know, I, I, yeah. you know, where you can't just be calm and concentrated on one thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say that's a definite thing. But then also, you know, all these things about, you know, like marginal gains, like always looking for this, you know, crazy thing, this crazy habit, this new habit to make you better. Mm -hmm. um, you can get lost in that, you know, like marginal right. gains is, you know, it's, Am I, you know, it's like, am I sleeping in the right bed to get the right rest? Am I, you know, I'm sleeping on the right pillow? Am I eating at the right time? You know, sure. and sometimes, you, you know, so these are, these are the things that are going to make you perform 1% better. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can, you can, you can get lost in, lost in these things. You know, you, you're, you're giving 50% of your time to something that's going to make you only 1% better sort of thing. Yeah. That so makes sense. make make sure that you're the big chunks of your training, the big 50%, you know, doing your, your jumps, doing your skiing, you know, the, the actual training that's going to make you a better mobile skier, mm -hmm. get that down. And then, and then the little stuff is not as important. That's something that that's, but that's very personal to me. You know? Sure. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think that that makes, you know, it makes a ton of sense because uh, especially over here in the States, everybody's looking for that, that w yeah. little 1% or that one exactly. little sliver each and every day, you know, very much keep up with the Joneses and what's the next big yeah, thing. Yeah. You do this and you do that. And you kind of, I think, lose that perspective, right? Of like, well, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a fucking mogul course and it's bumps and it's jumps or whatever else it may be, whether you got a meeting you're taking care of or you're running on a track, you know football yeah, whatever whatever exactly. that may be don't don't lose sight of of what actually you need to do exactly exactly yeah. you know like just an example is you know like oh i should get into i don't know like deep water diving so i've got better concentration you know mm -hmm. and you end up spending hours of doing that in you know instead of actually just you know going and doing a bit of trampoline right 
you know, because yeah. oh, I want to do this to improve my concentration. But guess what? When you're trampolining, you're improving your concentration as well. Because mm-hmm. you've got to think about your back four, your, 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 your double cork or whatever you're doing. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I'd say. Yeah. No, I think that that's, uh, that, that's definitely uh, great. That's good yeah. advice for those, uh, for those out there. Yeah. Now, who, like, throughout your career and everything else, who are those people that really kind of helped you along the way? You know, a lot of people, it's a uh, mom or dad or, or a certain coach mm-hmm. or, that have kind of mm-hmm. helped, helped, uh, helped the career, helped, uh, you know, bring you to where you are. So who, who would some of those people be for you? Um, so I definitely say, um, I definitely say my mom and dad because um, they um, – they were just, it's, you know, skins, mobile skin has always been my thing. You know, they were, they were never too involved, you know, never over-involved, but they were there to take me down to trampoline in three days a week. You know, they're there to take me to whatever I wanted to go. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, perfect perfect balance with, with my mum and dad, uh, which was awesome. Um, I'd say my fitness coach, because um, he's been an awesome influence in my life, because uh you know it's not just it's not just fitness at the end of the day you know doing sport is just a very healthy thing to do you know you just you get so much self-confidence after, uh, out of uh you pushing your limits in the, in the gym and and um so yeah he he was a really important person in my life when i was becoming a man when i was moving up in my in my ski career so that, that was pretty awesome um and i'd say my uh, hometown coach because um it's a very important time in, in a, an athlete's career you know the beginning sure. you know because yeah. um and he just managed to we have this awesome group in chatel uh lots of kids you know the same age and we were just you know vibing together um and he just managed to create this just great passion um because mm-hmm. that's for me that's the most important thing for a kid you know it's not having your hands forwards it's not you know shin pressure or you know right it's nothing technical it's just lighting fire in that kid's belly so he has enough passion to see him throughout messing up world cups messing you know whatever just Mm -hmm. so he has enough passion to push through it all Mm -hmm. yeah no i think that uh that's definitely definitely true and it's interesting the fitness coach it's the first one i've had that um the fitness coach but i mean it, it it as you say it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, especially, you know, an influential time in your life and, and yeah. kind of building in and, and creating good habits. Right. I mean, it's one of those things that yeah. um, I think can, can definitely be overlooked. So that's a interesting. Uh, I like, I like the list. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So what, um, what do you think kind of looking back on, on the last few years and, and everything else kind of moving forward, how much, how much longer uh, uh, do you plan on, on going physically and, and mentally? I mean, are you planning on this Olympics and another Olympics or do you not think that far ahead? You're kind of like, you know what, I'm just worried about fitness training tomorrow and we'll see yeah. kind of as my body feels or, or do you have that laid out? No, I do try to have a, a long-term plan and a, okay. and, a, and just a just a vision. And um, sure. I wish I, I had more, you know, of a, a long-term plan and a vision when I started out in the World Cup. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's something I, I try to stick to now. So uh, yeah, I'd say um, I'd say these Olympics and then the next ones. Okay. Just because, as I said, you know, I, I, I still feel pretty good physically. Mm-hmm. You know, like better than better than ever. Um, and just because I'm learning so much, you know, it'd be a shame to stop now. You know. 
because uh <laughs> as i said you know i'm just like i've just learned so much um i found that during years i was just i was not training well and now mm. i've got back to training well so um so yeah just just changed my idea uh, you know as i said being a beginner at training um mm. you know an important one for me as well is um like a good training session now is not necessarily when I go up and I do, do good double falls because mm. um, it's a, a, a bad training session is when you rock up and you, you, you don't think about anything and you just go through the process sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, a, um, you know, it's always nice to do good jumps, but a good training session is when, like if your objective is to have two arms on the takeoff, mm-hmm. a good training session is when, Every single jump, you've tried to, you've just tried to have your two arms at the, at the exit. Right. You know, and a bad session would be just, you know, not, not sticking to that. Right. So. Kind of just going through the motions, not staying mm, focused yeah. on what you're kind of work on. Just like, oh, training's over. We're done. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd say, I'd say um, another Olympics for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of those things that really is interesting is that uh, you don't think about it when you're younger, but as you start to become more mature, and I think it's important for some of those younger kids that are probably out there listening, that you can't get the training day back. And I think like as you get older and you're further along in your career, like it's important to remember, as you say, like be focused, whether it's the one thing with mm. focusing on your arms on that double full and you might not do it every time, but that's, you're focusing on that one yeah, key yeah, or whatever yeah. it is for the day. Like yeah. you, you can't let that day slip away because you're never going to get it back. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And um, one thing that's interesting, uh, yeah, Marcel Yersha, the best uh, alpine skier ever, mm-hmm. one just before the 2018 Olympics, he injured his ankle and he said that he, he never trained so well because when he got back from injury, his, his number of days were counted. So he needed to get he needed to get better at every single turn, mm-hmm. you know. So he said to himself, "Oh, every single turn I need to get better because I don't have that many turns before the World Cup." Mm-hmm. And you know, it's that just added intensity that he had to his training that made him so good. Mm-hmm. So every every single turn, every single jump should have a proper intention, mm-hmm. and you need you need to bring a good intensity to that that intention. Yeah, no, I think that 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 definitely uh, makes a difference for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, for you kind of going in, I'm just curious how different, um, you know, we touched a little bit on the World Cup season, but how different was it just kind of dealing with COVID and having that whole transition of now you got a bunch of different testing and, you know, the one of the great things about our sport is that it is a small kind of tight-knit community yeah. and you get to see everybody and it was kind of uh, just a much, much different world last year. So I'm just kind of curious for you and, and your team kind of how, how was that last year? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, but, you know, before I say anything, we were just super lucky to, to be able to compete, mm-hmm. be able to, you know, to go on with our lives. Everyone was healthy in the team. So, you know, that was just such a blessing. But, yeah, you know, it was tough. Um, like, you were sometimes more, more stressed about getting a negative COVID test than your actual World Cup, you know, so that was, that was pretty stressful. And, um, and also uh, leading up to the, you know, when you were back home, Mm-hmm. um you wouldn't go out as much you wouldn't see your friends as much because you know you, you needed to to turn up with a negative test result um and also you know you felt uh, a responsibility towards the team because uh if you were positive then it was a the whole team that wouldn't race so um yeah 
so yeah, you know, it was, it was a stressful year, but um, as I said, because you were so dependent on the others, it made us stronger as a team, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just so lucky to be able to, to race even with all this COVID stuff going on in the world. So, um, so yeah, hopefully we'll have a, a good season. And um, it definitely changed the, uh, the dynamic of the World Cup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you said, yeah, we're always, you know, we're, we're all pretty friendly with, with each other. And um, it, was, it was pretty tense, first World Cups, you know, everyone was uh, pretty stressed. Um, and then, you know, the second World Cup with the holidays behind them, you know, because mm-hmm. you you're a bit less stressed about the, the COVID test results. Everyone was a bit more chill, so it was pretty nice. But look at, definitely looking forward to some uh, post-World Cup parties because we've, we've missed them. Right. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you, you kind of take for granted, you know, and it's oh, funny sure, it's right. what's happened just in, in the last year. Like I, you know, um, I remember my wife went over to go, she was going to ski the final world cup of the year in Sweden. Uh, I think it was, wasn't, it? yeah, it was in Sweden and she flew over, she flew over there oh, yeah. like first or second, they did like the first two days of training and then they canceled the event and you know, they, they flew like right back home. And I'm still working my other job and interacting with people like each and every day. So she like comes home and I'm like, okay, uh, I guess I'm going to lock like quarantine you off because I don't know, like, so just yeah. super funny of how, how, you know, you didn't really know what was going to happen. I mean, we're wipe, wiping down groceries and all kinds of stuff with like Lysol wipes and it's interesting. Just, just, uh, looking back on those times and how scary it, it kind of was and, how yeah. hopefully, you know, the, the Delta variant and everything, we're kind of moving hopefully mm-hmm. in the right direction there and we can we can have a good, safe uh, ski season and, and good yeah, yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll have a season where every, every event can go ahead and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll do our best at, at every event, yeah. So I'm um, looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, th- thank you very much for, for taking the time, my man. I really do uh, appreciate you coming on and, and good luck uh, with the yeah. rest of the, the summer training and this fall. And I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll see you a little bit later this, uh, this fall. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and no, I enjoyed the chat. And uh, yeah, see you soon uh, on the World Cup. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're watching or listening on YouTube, please make sure you hit that bell button so you get notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks.